the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome. Welcome on back to your Saturday night, your Saturday night fight with the one Republican of many. And we saw a lot of them last Saturday at the Republican GOP Central Committee willing to stand up and fight. And much like President Trump, there is no backing down now. There is no turning away. I filled in for Stefan Tubbs a couple of times this week. Uh, let's see, it was Tuesday, Wednesday. And I think it was on Tuesday night that I had Dave Williams, Colorado State GOP chair, on. And we took a look at an article in the Colorado Sun from Mario Nicholas, a, for, a former Republican. And long story, but um, obviously has flipped entirely to the radical left. But... These people are very, very impressive because, man, they don't just talk about, hey, my ideas are better than yours or you're a dork and a dope and you should know better or let's just slug it out in the court of public opinion and we'll see you at the ballot box. These people play for keeps. They don't want to defeat opposing views. They want to wipe them out. And Dave and I had a good time. I mean, we talked a little bit about Dick Wadhams, who referred to our current state GOP chairman as Comrade Dave in another article, I forget where he writes. And uh, and Nicholas, just unbelievable. He wrote a piece about the lawsuit that John Eastman and I have filed on behalf of the Colorado State GOP to stop the open primary. Second time, we did it a year ago, we could not get the party as a party to the lawsuit, and the judge tossed it out primarily on that reason. Incorrectly, I believe, was definitely an appealable issue because we had multiple members of the party. We had candidates, former candidates, all as parties. But it was so late in the process, there was no way to make a difference for that last election. And uh, um, so we just let it go, figuring we would wait, hope that we got a leadership team that would pursue this, you may recall during the battle for Colorado GOP chair, most everybody said that they were in favor of pushing back, trying to close the Republican primaries. The, the big debate was whether we, one should opt out. And I'm not getting sidetracked on that. That's not what this conversation is about. What I'm talking about is the fight. In this piece, Mario Nicholas, the, the subheadline, and I don't know that he... Uh, has anything to do with this. The Colorado Sun may have put not only the title, but the subtitle into this piece, which, by the way, was posted at 3.03 a.m. about a week ago, August 6th. Um, Mario, man, you got to get some sleep, dude. But just starting with the title, Nikolai. Is it Nikolai or Nicholas? I don't know. Well, he can't spell my name in his piece, so I don't really care. Nikolai, John Eastman, and Dave Williams attempt to undermine democracy again. That's the bold headline. 
Then the subheadline by hiring former President Trump's co-conspirator to represent Colorado State Party, referring to um, to John Eastman. Williams demonstrated just how far he would go to destroy our system of government. These guys aren't talking about, you know, an open primary gets more people involved. Republican Party will die if it doesn't bring in unaffiliateds, and you have to do that by including them in the primary. You know, there are arguments for the other side and good arguments to have, good discussions to pursue. I mean, my quick comeback to all of them is look at the results since we opened our primary. Look at the results since we followed the great ideas and the perfect candidates for Colorado, as Dick and others told us in the last election cycle, and we just continue to circle down the drain. But they don't do that. The left plays for keeps. John Eastman, not an internationally acclaimed constitutional scholar, former law school dean, former uh, still a professor. So many uh, impressive ticks in his resume. And the language that gets thrown into this piece will just blow you away. I have not shied away from that characterization of Eastman, and neither should anyone else. He developed the plan to throw away millions of votes, destroy the democratic elections that underpin our country's system of government, and tried to bully legislative leaders across the country into following suit. The British soldiers who burned the White House in 1812 posed less threat to our country. The language, I mean, it's pretty descriptive. It's pretty interesting to read. But it's got nothing to do with winning a debate. This is straight out of Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. Slice and dice, characterize, destroy, hold the other side up to their own rules, and then when they fail, you know, mock them relentlessly. All of those kinds of things. And it just goes on and on. Aided by his allies, such as the lawsuit's co-counsel and Republican National Committee member Randy Corporan, all those in there, Nikki. Williams plans to subvert the will of voters and destroy the electoral destroy the electoral process in Colorado. These people play for keeps. And it's time that we do the same. And right now, and had some very interesting back and forth, especially with a texter on the Stefan Tubbs show, I think the first night I was there, Tuesday night, you know, just begging me to sort of, not begging, but saying, you know, you're, you've got to get off this Trump train. I love you, love what you do, love what you say, I'm fun to listen, blah, blah, blah. But Trump, Trump, got to get away. But there's nobody out there who understands the fight that we're in. Nobody who talks like this. The other, there's a couple of moderate candidates, you know, Tim Scott comes to mind, Nikki Haley comes to mind that don't trash talk um, the other candidates and especially don't trash talk Donald Trump. But the only actual fighters that you see out there are the people like Chris Christie, who is slinging. I mean, he is wheeling and dealing out there. And that has a certain value to it. He'll never get anywhere. That's not why he's in. He's in there to get some attention, make some money, build his profile, and to try to take out Trump. Never going to happen. But that's exactly what he's in there for. 
And so I know that the people who were at the meeting last Saturday, just based on the votes, based on the multiple conversations that I had with them, the way they voted, the way they debated, that they're ready for the fight. And so is the new leadership of the Colorado State GOP. And for that, I am very, very grateful. I'm so sick of the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine and then the soft-peddling Republicans, you know, moderates, moderate conservatives, how, how, whatever you want to, however you want to describe them, telling us that we're the ones who have to tamp it down. The Trump, you know, got to still stop the mean tweets because those certainly hurt him in 2016. The fight that we're in is the fight for the survival of this nation. And we need leaders and supporters and central committee members and precinct leaders who are ready, who understand the nature of the fight. The other side is no longer trying to debate policy. They're trying to debate whether you are evil or so evil that you don't deserve to live on this earth anymore. And they're not kidding around. This, uh, you know, I don't know how the Colorado Sun is doing. I haven't looked into it. I don't read it unless something comes up that is of particular note or is brought to my attention. I know it's kind of the online opposition to the Denver Post, maybe, but the Post is online as well. But regardless, these people like Mario, Nikolai, are playing for keeps. Then he, Now, he's a lawyer, so he's entitled to draw a conclusion, but he says, having read through the entire complaint talking about the lawsuit to stop open primaries, I see very little merit to it. Poorly reasoned and full of conspiratorial speculation that Eastman and his cohort, that must be me, could not prove, oh no, he must, well, maybe he's talking about Trump, could not prove in more than 60 lawsuits during 2020. Now, he's a lawyer, unlike some commentators, unlike some average listeners and, you know, people, and there's no reason if you're not a lawyer to understand these things. But if you're going to draw conclusions from them, then you know that the 60 lawsuits mean nothing because the vast majority of them went away due to standing. You're too early. You're too late. You're not the right person to bring this suit. You haven't shown an actual harm. Not a single one has been decided on the merits. No facts have been entered in to try and bring it forward in an evidentiary-type trial. And that's one of the big things for, you know, that is, ought to be a real concern for the Biden administration because this indictment of Donald Trump is the third indictment, that is, the don't think wrong thoughts indictment by Jack Smith is the opportunity to open the door to what information was available to Donald Trump, what differing opinions did he get, what different facts and numbers and videos and evidence did he consider when he made his decision to remain steadfast that the 2020 election was stolen. And so that may be the opportunity to finally get some of this litigated. I certainly hope so. But here's the end of this article, and here's the real point of the conversation, this opening segment anyway. These people 
know how to fight. They bring the heat. Now, they're talking to a friendly audience. They've got friendly editors. They want to see these kinds of attacks. But listen to this. But that they brought the lawsuit and that it has any chance. And by the way, just to go back to the lawsuit, United States Supreme Court precedent, a case brought by the Democrats against the state of California, joined then by the Republican Party of California, where they lost and then went on appeal and lost and then went to the United States Supreme Court and got a ruling that said a private club gets to decide how to choose its members, how to choose its candidates. So, And then conspiratorial speculation, there's, there's none of that in there. And, it, and he knows it because he is a lawyer. I assume that that means he passed law school. So they don't care about the truth. They know who their audience is. They want to move the needle again just a little more and keep ginning up as much controversy and point as much vitriol at Dave Williams and the Colorado State GOP and anybody who dares to fight for them or work for them differently than the old guard and the old big money. And, uh, and they get full support in doing it. But listen to this, just to, in case you think I'm kidding. But that they brought that lawsuit and that it has any chance of victory. And I'm filling in there since we're picking up in this last, next to the last paragraph. Should be terrifying, Nikolai writes. These are political terrorists intent on destroying a quarter millennium of democratic rule. They hope to substitute autocratic rule in its stead. No matter how minuscule their chances of success, they pose an existential threat. That's me. That's Dave Williams. That's the audacity to file a constitutional challenge to an unconstitutional statute in the state of Colorado. And, of course, none of those things are true. We would return Colorado and our election process and our selection, our candidate selection process to its historical method over the last quarter millennium of democratic rule. No matter how many minis no matter how minuscule their chances of success, they pose an existential threat. Eastman, Williams, and their ilk, which must include Corporan, must be opposed at every turn. They cannot be allowed to win a single inch on our democracy. Our futures all depend on it. Man, you couldn't write a Netflix script with any more dynamism. It's really pretty fun writing. It's not very impactful because you know that the audience is already going to lap it up and already believes the nonsense. But man, oh man, if you... Just unpack it a little. Or if you're someone who's starting to scratch your head and think, maybe I've been wrong about what actually went on in 2020. Obviously, they lied to us about Russia and collusion and the interference in the 2016 election. And the Democrats were all about challenging elections then. And now after 2020, they tell us we have to shut up, that we're conspiracy theorists, that we're election deniers, that we ought to be jailed for two years without a trial. On and on and on. And if you're right on that edge and you read something as vitriolic and as potentially impactful, man, pause. Don't just lap it up and reel and think that 
he's using such big words, you know, autocratic rule versus democratic rule. Yeah, I like democratic. Think it through and understand what they're applying, those broad generalizations, those sweeping condemnations to, and then say, no, thanks. I'm going to do a little homework of my own. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest, and um, it's 520. We're going to take our very first break, and the next segment is going to be special for me because we're going to be joined by someone who's become a friend, never met him, but spend a lot of time, weekly time with him on a national call that is digging down into the weeds on trying to stop and reverse so much of the illegal and unconstitutional action that took place in 2020. His name is Ned Jones. He's from Virginia. He's in the Election Integrity Project, and he has been playing covert spy on some of these, um, you know, county clerk and clerk and recorder and secretary of state meetings. Um, He doesn't go in there in secret or anything. They know that he's there. But he's going in and he's taking notes and he's going to tell us all about it when we return here on 710-KNUS. I'm back. Here we go. 527 Randy Corcoran. Good to have you here. Phone number 303-696-1971. And um, you never want to know what's gone on behind the scenes on a radio show or in a radio studio. Just trust me on that. So now that we're back and happening, let's bring on a very special guest, someone who I have come to admire so much over the last year plus in participating in these election integrity phone calls that we do once a week. His name is Ned Jones. He works out in Virginia on the Election Integrity Network, Virginia Institute for Public Policy. And Ned, I sort of described you when I was teasing your appearance as... And I I use the word covert. I should have said a non-covert spy because you've been showing up at places where Democrats typically go to talk about elections, and you've been learning a lot. Oh, thank you so much for having me on again, Randy, my second appearance, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you tonight. And, uh, yeah, you know, I've been uh, deeply involved in the election process since uh, the day after the 2020 election. And uh, I won't I won't go through the last two and a half years, but what you're talking about is really important because during that time we recognized something. We recognized that left wing operators and nonprofits, supposedly nonpartisan but very partisan, are really the trainers of our election officials. And I'll explain that in a minute. Um, they hold these meetings all around the country. Matter of fact, you had one in Colorado. Of It's called the clerks, I think, out there who run your elections, the local clerks. Yep, county and clerks. You, you actually had two of the most radical speakers there, Benson from Michigan and Raffensperger from Georgia, talking to your clerks about, you know, how you run an election. Well, we, we don't want those two telling our clerks how to run elections. But that's who was there, and there were others I'm sure who made presentations and our local co- uh, our statewide coalition out there in Colorado did a great job of monitoring that meeting. But what we know now, these meetings happen all over the country. Election officials have statewide associations and they typically have an annual meeting, which is a training meeting and in come these left wing partisan organizations uh, to do the teaching. And what we're trying to do with our groups around the country is get involved in those meetings 
um, talk to the program directors, and become part of the panels or speakers so that we can start putting in our message to those election officials. And there's another couple of meetings that are really critical to the election officials around the country. One is happening at the end of this month in Orlando, Florida, put on by something called the Election Center. Now, that's an organization that has election officials as members. It was hijacked this year by the left wing. A lady named Tammy Patrick became a CEO. and Your listeners can look her up. And the gentleman who used to run elections in Las Vegas, a Joseph Garcia, is her co-CEO. And if you were to see the agenda for that meeting at the end of this month, it's every one of the left-wing nonprofit organizations that I talk about all the time who will be making presentations with the left-wing agenda about how you run an election. Massive vote-by-mail, no ID, long early voting, many, many days after the election to collect ballots, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's what our election officials are being told. Um, there was a recent meeting in South Carolina of the NASED, National Association of State Election Directors. Same thing. And amazingly, next week in Indianapolis, Indiana, there's a meeting of state legislators. They have their own association, the NCSL, National Whatever Council, I guess, of State Legislators. And when you look at the election day agenda, it's the same people showing up to tell our legislators how they should be running elections. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to get more involved in this process because we think we have an excellent message to tell election officials, you know, the other side of the coin, limited picture ID, limited early voting, all ballots counted by election day, all the things that we think guarantee a fair and honest election with much more integrity than what we have now. I've got um, I've got two questions for you before you yes. go on. Uh, yes. the, the first one is, I imagine you're getting to be pretty well known by these people. How do they react when you show up and ask intelligent, well-grounded facts, pulling from you know the history of past elections and the things that have been uncovered since, and uh, and try and present the other side? Uh, do they enter into the debate? I, I opened the show talking about looking at an article, actually, from a local Colorado Sun. It's an online news aggregator and, and news, newspaper. And um, and it's just vitriolic. Anything that the right is doing, it's not to win the debate or uh, try and you know persuade someone to change their opinion. It is to destroy you, dissect you, and describe you as so evil that you don't deserve to live. I mean, it's it's not an exaggeration. No, you're absolutely right. The message from the left is this. Election officials are under attack. They're being intimidated, harassed, and they're being threatened with violence by election deniers and domestic terrorists. That's us. And what that message is, it's false. Because we know that there is no history of massive intimidation, harassment, and threats of violence. The Department of Justice put in a special task force to monitor that activity. In 2021, they received, I believe it was 2021, might have been 22, they received over 1,000 complaints. A hundred of them warranted investigation. Five of them indicated criminal activity, and there was one case that was uh, charged. None of those people were us. 
None of them were poll workers or poll watchers. This is a narrative to keep us out of the process. They saw what happened in Virginia in 21. We had an, an army of activists involved in the process. They saw 22, the army grew nationwide. And they know that we are now involved in the process of our elections. And this whole narrative that we're evil, deniers, terrorists, is just to intimidate us to keep us out of the process. And I have two really good examples to share with you. The post office had a meeting recently, I think it was in June, uh, a one-day election mail symposium in Charlotte, and I went to it. I spent the whole day listening. And what I saw was the post office has been hijacked, the postal election mail system has been hijacked by these left-wing activists. This lady, Cammie Patrick, that I just mentioned from the election center, pretty much ran the whole day. I mean, they had election uh, mail officials from the post office in panels, and she would jump up and correct them and change. It was amazing what I witnessed. And I met the gentleman who's in charge. He's the head manager of the postal election mail system. And I suggested to him, why don't you form a citizens forum where we can discuss all the issues we have with what's the largest precinct in our election? You know, when you think about the postal service, it is the largest precinct in our election with no oversight and no scrutiny from the public. And do you know, I've, I've tried to communicate with him since that meeting and I've never spoken to him again. There's a regional director who I've talked to a couple of times, but this lack of transparency is, what's, is what is destroying the confidence in our elections and it's three years later and it's still going on, unfortunately. The other question that uh, came up almost immediately when you started talking is you you mentioned Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, and then you lumped him in there with among the most radical of Secretary of States. And I, I just want to respond to you the way I hear people talk about complaints about him all the time on radio shows and elsewhere. But but he's a Republican. No, he's not. That's That's the myth. I mean... I can name many, many, many people that are called Republicans, but they have a whole different slant on our election system and what the Republican Party should should be doing in terms of election integrity. He's all for the left-wing agenda. He's one of the strongest supporters of Eric. Now, as Secretary of State in Georgia, he received the most funding from the CTCL and from the CEIR in 2020, those Zuckerberg funds. Georgia was one of the largest recipients of Zuckbucks in 2020. If you have, I've seen him on webinars with Becker. Uh, Georgia's put in automatic voter registration. I hope you don't have that. That's when somebody shows up at the DMV at age 16, they're immediately registered to vote. They can't vote, but they're registered to vote. And they're hammered from then on until they turn 18 to vote the right way. And so you see all these inflated voter rolls. Uh, they were bragging that Georgia had increased their voter rolls by 20% with this AVR, as they call it. But these are all the left-wing strategies. You know, their goal is to go to complete 100% vote by mail. That's what they want. Well, unfortunately, you know, there was a book written about Colorado. It all started here, The Blueprint, How Democrats Took yep. Colorado, Why Republicans Everywhere Should Care. That's going on, what, uh, 
15, 16, 18 years now. I don't remember when it was written. I think maybe around 2008. But um, it, it's pretty terrifying just how creative these people are. On one of our meetings, they we learned about how they're setting up um, so-called, you know, neutral people to work in the mailrooms on college campuses and to be managing the ballots that flood in. And it just they, they think they're so far ahead of us. It's like we're checked. We're we're running as fast as we can to try and catch up. And they come up with a new way to alter the process or create more opportunity for, you know, a machine to crash. The paper's the wrong size. Uh, there's no proper connection. The, the ballots won't fit. All of those different things. And it just seems like we're always trying to clean up the latest thing that we've discovered. How do we get ahead of this thing? Well, we're, we're way behind. And the good news is, is that we all woke up in 2020. We're catching up. We're exposing a lot of what you just described. When you talk about what's happening on the college campus, it's not just students in the mailroom. It's an entire process. It would take a whole show to describe it, where the federal government is funding through work-study programs. I call it recruitment, voter recruitment, and education programs on college campuses because they vote 90-10 or 85-15 one way. And it's, there's also influence from the left-wing nonprofits. Um, there's a program called the All-In Campus Challenge, and you have 21 universities in Colorado that are participating in that All-In Campus Democracy Challenge. It's run by an organization called the Civic Nation, which also started Michelle Obama's uh, When We All Vote. The Civic Nation has a board that is all Obama former staffers. Valerie Jarrett is chairman of that board. They're the ones that are pushing the campus, I call it recruitment and education program. They're on a 1,000 campuses in 50 states, and they tell you, we're looking at 10 million voters uh, potentially with our program. And then you have the work-study program. There's a massive push on college campuses because they know how the youth vote works. You know, it's interesting. David Becker, the guy who started ERIC, said in 2011, the American electorate is too white, too smart, and too rich. And that's what we have to change. And so they've started going after the new majority. Uh, voters of color, single women or unmarried women, young voters, and they've added the LGBTQ community. That's who they're after. They know how to target those voters. Eric plays a big role in that, by the way, on states that still have Eric. Targeting those voters, getting them registered, putting a ballot in their hands. We don't know who fills the ballot out. Getting the ballot back to the election office. And that's my concern in a state like Colorado. In Colorado, Biden got 500,000 more votes than Hillary and Obama. And I've always wondered about those huge margins for a guy that never left his basement. And I think we found out this week part of how that's happening. You may be familiar with a case in Michigan that was buried by the FBI. A paid operative showed up with between eight and 10,000 voter registrations, many of them fraudulent, in October of 2020. A police report was filed, was turned over to the FBI, and they didn't do a thing with it. Now, that's fraud. And I think that's what they're doing. They're, they're finding the voter, they're getting them a ballot, and they're getting it back to the election office. You know, the Republicans think that's the way to win, you know, vote by mail. 
and it's not, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, even Donald Trump, the putative leader of the Republican Party, the RNC, and many down the pike are now realizing that until we're able to rein in these out-of-control vote-forever, everybody-gets-a-ballot, two or three if you're lucky, um, rules, regulations, and processes that we have to get better at grabbing the available ballots than the other side. So I'm, I'm glad to see that. Yeah, but you know what it is? But, but my point is this. The Democrats know how to put the ballot in the right hands. Mm. We don't know how to do that. And you're going to have to come up with a way to, to put the ballot in the right hands and then go get it. That, that's what they do if you're going to compete with that. Um, I think a better approach is to vote early in person. Now, I don't know if you do that in Colorado because, you know, you're pretty much vote by mail. But here you can vote in person early, and that really protects your vote. You don't have to fool around with the, the, the mail-in ballot. And so, to me, that's a better strategy in the states where you can do it. But yeah, you know, that's we, another conversation. Yeah, we can do it in Colorado. We do have voting centers. We can take our – we all get mail ballots, but we can take them in by, you know, in, in hand and turn them in and make sure that they're – and get a text later to know that they were counted. So um, that is available. You use the term ERIC a couple of times. Obviously, that's an acronym that uh, we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years. But for folks who are just starting to wake up to some of the analysis and some of the expose on what's been going on for so long, um, give them a quick quickie on ERIC, please. Okay, so when I made those comments about David Becker, he was at the Pew, uh, whatever they're called, Pew Center, a very left-wing uh, nonprofit being funded by George Soros. And they came up with the idea of a massive government program, which they marketed to clean up the voter rolls. Um, but really what it was was to inflate the voter rolls, and here's how it worked. States would send their entire voter list to Eric, Eric would compare member states' lists to find voters who had moved from one state to another and maybe had a duplicate registration. But at the same time, member states had to send lists from their Department of Motor Vehicles of, uh, well, I'm going to use the word citizen. That's what it's supposed to be, but we're not sure about that, about applicants for licenses who they called eligible but unregistered voters. EBOOs was the term they used. So that list was sent in to Eric. Eric then shared the list of EBOOs with an organization called the Center for Election Innovation and Research, also started by David Becker. And what that organization did was, um, I'll use the word massage, no one has ever confirmed exactly why the EBOOs were sent to CEIR. The suspicion is, is that through their sophisticated data analysis systems, they could identify the voters that they wanted to get registered. But what would happen is that list of EBOOs would go back to the state, and by agreement, they had to contact 95% of the voters on that list in 60 days, offering them the opportunity to register to vote. Now, remember... When these folks went through the DMV, they didn't register to vote. They didn't want to. So now you're going after them a second time. And what it's done, it's inflated the voter rolls in all the member states. They also didn't did not require the states to remove voters when they were told that there were duplicates or people had died or whatever. 
So it only went in one direction. And what, what was discovered recently within the last two years, the states that had, Eric, had these inflated voter rolls where the states that didn't did a much better job of keeping their voter rolls clean. And, and unfortunately, Colorado's a member. Virginia just pulled out. Yeah, a number of states. I think Texas is out now. And uh, Yeah, there's eight. Yeah, it's really trivia. And thank God for Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch, because they did force, uh, through litigation, our Secretary of State to clean up some voter rolls, and they now have to report to Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch every year. So that's pretty exciting. Ned, we are so late on the break. I've got to let you go here. Okay. Really appreciate you giving up some time on your Saturday night. I'll give the website and your information. Uh, but thank you very much, sir. All right. Thanks, Randy. All right. God bless. It's Ned Jones from the Election Integrity Network. The website, if you want to really start getting some of the nitty gritty, is who's counting dot who is it org or com who's counting. I'll figure that out in just a second. But right now we've got to jump to our break on seven ten K N U S. We've got about ten minutes to go until six o'clock. I'm Randy Corcoran. Phone number three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. We'll jump to the phones here in just a second. I didn't have that website right at all. It is who's counting. W-H-O-S, counting, who's counting, dot U-S, not com, not org, but dot U-S, who's counting, dot U-S, if you'd like to check that out. And Dennis Prager's coming with the Cigar Night. You heard the spot during the break there. Uh, but man, oh man, this should be an extremely interesting session with Dennis Prager now because he has come under fire. He has come under fire by Catholics, by uh, Jews by so many and Christians by comments he made regarding pornography. He was on with Jordan P uh, Peterson in a wide, broad ranging interview, and I haven't listened to it all. I've only heard a couple of snippets and I'll read some commentary about it. But what they're saying, maybe I'll get a chance to do that this week. We can talk more about it next week. But what they're saying is that Prager claims that Judaism has no prohibitions on lust and that pornography can be a good thing. For instance, uh, AI-created child porn would not be a sin or to view it because no person was involved and really, really controversial stuff. So if you haven't, if you've been thinking about the third annual Cigar Night, August 30th at the View House in Centennial, or Durves, Carving Station, First Drink, Premium Cigars, the whole nine yards. Go to 710knus.com and grab your tickets. Let's get over to the phones with Brian in Arvada. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Randy. Hey, I was wondering what you think about this whole Weissman thing. I got uh, a couple of theories. I'm thinking he's either going to shop for a judge immediately, maybe in uh, D.C., another corrupt judge. And, uh, you know, go ahead and pass through that deal they tried to pass before, or they're going to drag it on. But you're the lawyer, so I was wondering what you were thinking. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up, because at the 6 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by a former radio host. In fact, the guy who uh, did the show that I was got my feet wet doing talk radio on on another station called Grassroots Radio, Jim Paff, worked inside Congress, uh, strategic management, a really smart guy who's very upset about this Wiseman situation because I think it's just another – this is a PSYOP. This is a PSYOP by your government so that the media can 
can report on and on how he's appointed a special counsel. This is a guy who has sat on criminal charges since 2018, allowed statutes of limitation to pass. Um, it's possible with a RICO case you could re-energize those statutes of limitation. But uh, I don't expect anything. This is going to give them a reason so that when Congress, you know, all week Congress was talking about we're going to subpoena the Bidens. We're going to get Hunter in here. We're going to get may get the president in here. And uh, and that's going to now they're going to be able to say ongoing investigation. I've got a right. Yeah. The not, same old nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. So that this is not a, this is not a plus. This is not now, you know, they're well, they're getting ready to move. Now what Biden. I'm thinking, Go ahead. Now, Randy, what I'm thinking is, OK, if they have them under investigation through the election, they probably don't want that. So where I'm falling on the side of is they're going to judge shop They're They're probably going to go to D.C., and they're probably going to find some corrupt judge. We got plenty of those. Uh, the, the gal that's running Trump's trial is one of them. But anyhow, and then they're going to complete the deal because they couldn't complete the deal before, right? Because the lady said, "Well, what about this hidden paragraph where he gets a you know he gets immunity on everything?" Talking about the plea deal. So, yeah, yeah. It's almost like their corruption's out in the open. And these are the people I'm supposed to believe that in 2020 is the most safest election ever. It's almost like they they know that they're already going to win and they're going to cheat, so they can just do whatever they want. It's it's completely their corruption is out in the open now. They're not even trying to hide it. That's where I'm at. But uh, no, maybe I'm wrong. Well, and when you've got you know never to be United States Supreme Court Justice Merrick Garland coming out and telling us how the finest people and the the highest standards. The man won't take a question. He has to come out and in his monotone, read from a teleprompter. It's 1984 on 21st century steroids, and people need to understand it and push back on it and not be influenced by it. You know, and that's what I don't understand. I, all the, They've lied about everything, okay, from COVID to you name it. Everything they say is a complete lie. You got Antifa. They don't investigate at all. I mean, these guys attack federal places, too. Let's remember that, okay? But January 6th, man, if you're a grandma, you know, you were within two blocks. You're, you're coming in. And uh, if, you, if it's Trump's lawyer, she's, she's, she's going to put you in jail. Even though they say a hey, six-month probation, no, you're going to jail. But yet Antifa, we hear nothing about. The corruption's out in the open. So what I'm wondering is, is it... Is it just cowardice of society is why this is going on, or or what are you thinking? Because no, man, it's obviously no, man, it's people asleep at the wheel. It's people who've been living their lives and raising their kids and watching the five o'clock news and believing that they get at least some semblance of reality off of some of those stories. It's the you know the the circus that was the J six committee in prime time. All of those things. And now people are seeing the results of not understanding, not paying attention, and that's why we're seeing more and more pushback. Or maybe not standing up. That's the problem. When you let, it's like a child. If you let him get away with one thing, then he gets away with another thing. And now we got what the situation we have now, where they just blatantly out in the open, you know, lie to us and everything else. But I'm supposed to sit here and listen to other hosts tell me, nope. The 2020 election, it was straight up. It was actually legit because these guys said it was. Well, gee, they lied about everything else. Am I supposed to believe this is the one thing they didn't lie about? I mean, 
Uh, Brian, Common sense in America is just it's it's a dying dying thing, evidently. Brian, you, you need to understand the only thing they lied about was Russia, 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 and Ukraine. That's it. Everything else they've been telling yeah. you straight, man. Well, I got to believe them on the 2020 election. I mean, you know, yeah. the vaccine's great. Everything they say is great. Russia, Russia's great. I just got to believe them on this. Even though they lied about everything else, you know, this is the one thing they told the truth about. That's how stupid they think I am, <laughs> yeah. evidently. I, we're getting there, buddy. Just keep on pushing. And God bless you. Thanks for calling tonight. I know. Tonight. You guys. I got, yeah, I got the, the music, so I got the water go. dripping. <laughs> I love you, Randy. <laughs> love you, too. Got to meet some of these people one of these days. Maybe you'll come to the cigar night with Dennis Prager. That That is going to be great, especially with this porno controversy now. Man, oh, man. All right, coming up, Jim Paff. He got so hot about this Wiseman appointment that he did a Twitter space last night that had hundreds and hundreds of people. I wasn't there, but we'll find out what happened when we return. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.